This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome to today's edition of the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. David, it is a gorgeous day here in the South. It's a lot nicer than up north. This <laughs> is another reason I'm glad I'm not living in New York City anymore. Mm. Uh, this is a, or anywhere in the Northeast. It sounds like I feel so bad for my friends up there. Well, I tell you though, you know, we took off uh, the week of uh, Thanksgiving and uh, went up to Maine, and and we had beautiful weather. Coming, we it was right behind us, sort of, but nothing like what they're experiencing uh, now. But I, I told my wife last night. You know, if you didn't have anything better to do, it would sort of be neat to be in three feet of snow. If, if I had my four-wheel drive and my chains and yep. I knew I knew if I needed to go, I could go. But, uh, hey, at one time, I wouldn't want to do it every time I turned around. Well, I have, I have a very dear friend from high school, just a wonderful guy, and I, I don't think Jim listens to this broadcast, but he always pictures himself, he always shows pictures of him shoveling his, his driveway, him in his mom's driveway. And I always go to myself, boy, yet another reason not to live in New York. You know, there, uh, there's been a few snowstorms down here, and, and uh, where I'm from in Texas, well, yeah, we had some pretty bad snows every now and then, but we didn't shovel. We just drove over it, you know? Yeah. Um, here, I did some shoveling in my driveway a, a few years ago, and I don't want to volunteer for that. No, it that is. is you know how people die from, at our age from shoveling snow? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I it's can just understand like, that. I mean, it's just like, especially people that, don't have no, that do engage in no physical activity until it snows. Yeah. Oh. Honey, go shovel the walk. And, you know, 20 minutes later, Dad's outside laying in the, laying in the sidewalk being covered with snow because he's dead. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, That's hard a, work. It's a brutally hard work, and I'm sure glad I, I, I don't I, I don't engage in that. Uh, David, now, I, before we get into the immigration part of our show, I have to give you a garden update. A uh, garden update. Okay. You know, as many of our listeners know, we do our garden update occasionally here on the Immigration Hour. And today's garden update comes to you courtesy of Chuck Bought His Seeds Company. Ah. Uh, so my seeds Rare have seeds, arrived. Rareseeds.com. Yeah, uh, yeah. Heirloom Seeds. I give a shout-out to them because Quentin, I love their seeds. Quentin Easton is... Uh, a big part of that. Uh, he's not the owner of it, but he does the restaurant management. They have a restaurant uh-huh. there. and uh, In the Ozarks, I believe, yeah, is in Missouri. Yeah, where Missouri, they are. Ozarks. And they also have a, a site, a, a store out in California, Petaluma, I think. Uh, they have a store over there where they sell their seeds. Uh, but I've ordered mine now online there for, I think, six is be the sixth year I'm doing this. And uh, never had a failure. Seeds are awesome. But I went down uh, and looked at my garden on Saturday. I said, oh, maybe I'll just kind of clear this stuff out and get it ready. It's like a lake. I mean, there's so much water here in Georgia. Uh, I imagine our reservoirs are full at this point uh, because my where my garden is, which is a, kind of a low-lying area near a creek, it's just soaking wet. I it's haven't even wet. had a chance to uh, – well, uh, something has jumped into my garden a couple of times now and taken down my, my – uh, not, I have fencing, but then I had that black. Uh, oh yes, yes. Stuff up, you know, yeah. and so I'm going to take it all down. It's all torn up anyway. Uh, but then I, I looked, you know, I had the thought passed quickly that I was going to go down there with my. Oh yeah, torch. yeah, blowtorch everything. And uh, but I don't like doing it in the wind. Oh no, you can't do the wind because and your house was, will catch on yeah, fire. And it was pretty windy the other day, so. Even though it's it's wet, I still... I haven't even taken down... I The way I train my tomatoes and my cucumbers and beans is I use a string. 
uh, yeah, along oh, with yeah. tent posts. Yeah. I haven't even taken that down yet. It's, I literally can't get in the garden. It's so wet. I've gotten my my all of that stuff down. I took it down. Uh, oh, I literally had no time ago. in the fall to do that. But so it was yeah, just and, and it seems like you know I, I was driving down the street the other day thinking you know damn I really I need to go out and work in the garden or I need to get some stuff around the house done and I'm thinking how do I get it done in the summertime. When I just, it seems like, you know, by the time I walk outside, it's getting dark. But you end up doing it in the summertime. You know why? Because you're motivated in the summertime. You're motivated. Days are longer, uh, and it's nicer out. I actually have cleaned my garages in the last several weeks. So when I wasn't able to go in the garden, I actually did use my time wisely. When I wasn't playing golf, I was uh, cleaning garages. Because I only get like eight hours off a week, so that's basically all I get. Uh, But, David, I don't know if you know about this, but um, immigration reform is dead. It's dead. Uh, and maybe you've been following um, uh, a bill that Congressman McCall put forward. He is the head of the Homeland Security Committee in the House of Representatives. And he put uh, out a border security bill, which i got to tell you, I'm going to go over a little bit later. It's, it's fun. It's fun. It's a fun bill. It's a fun bill. Uh, but as he said, this is not immigration reform. Oh, it's a fun bill. You're, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Um, and uh, But what's interesting about it is that he's, he said, this is not an immigration reform bill. This is only about the border. We should also do an immigration reform bill. And so who should come out of the woodwork? Uh, this is uh, uh, an attack McCall, who is no slouching liberal or rhino by anybody's measure, uh, is our, our, our midget friend from, uh, from Alabama, uh, Mr. Sessions. Uh, Senator Sessions, to, 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 to bemoan the liberal border security bill and how the floodgates will open and the tides will turn and we're all going to die a painful death from the immigration onslaught allowed by by government by, by representative mccall's what i might call in some ways draconian immigration enforcement bill um but i, I say that only because there was a great article yesterday uh, in the Atlantic, I know you get the Atlantic. Uh, you're a big reader of the Atlantic uh, since you've been to Maine. You know all about the Atlantic, uh, and, and and the title was the Zombie Immigration Fight. And what was great about this is it appears it, it is quite clear that immigration debate isn't a stalemate. There isn't a a side that can win right now. They don't have enough votes it, by the Democrats alone to pass anything. And there aren't enough Republicans willing to buck their the the conservative side of the party. Um, well, I don't call it conservative side. Right? I don't think I, I think anti-immigration statements are anti-conservative. Let's call them the nativist segment of the party, uh, who are willing to buck that part of the party for fear of some sort of primary challenge. I think they're going to get, which they're not, and they're certainly not going to lose over immigration. Uh, and so it's dead. It's not going anywhere. And as you said, and yet both sides are fighting furiously. In the Congress, in the courts, and in the political arena, uh, this was. I thought I, I would. Uh, I would suggest anybody who's interested to go to the Atlantic, look up this article, which was written by Molly Ball, the zombie immigration fight, because it's you know what are zombies, David? You're, I don't know if you watch The Walking Dead. No, I'm not a Walking Dead. Even though they filmed here in Atlanta, shout out to the Atlanta's movie industry. Um, it's about you know people who used to be alive are now dead and you got to kill them by a certain way and this was it's 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 the death that always keeps coming back. Um, and David, did you watch any of the Freedom Summit this last weekend in Iowa? No, not no. really. I, you know, I, I, 
I saw it as I flipped channels, but right. no, I did not. Set is that? Much. Did you finish throwing up before, or after you got done watching it? <laughs> uh, this is where this is, of course, the home of the famous Sarah Palin speech. Have you heard about the Sarah Palin speech? Yeah, and, and uh, have you, you seen know, it? No. Oh, uh, dude, you really need to watch it. You know, the thing is, uh, she's she's not she's not running. I don't think. Well, of course, she's, she's not running. running. I mean, no serious candidate does what she did, which was give an ad lib speech, was which was for the most part absolutely incoherent, huh. unfollowable. Um, I mean, that the, the, this woman was ever considered for a national political office. And again, John McCain, damn you. Damn you for doing that to the GOP and putting her on the scene. Should never have happened. She would have been a one-and-done governor, and nobody would have heard of her again. And now we have to tolerate her for as long as she lives, which is just tragic uh, for the party. It's just tragic for the party. But at uh, uh, this Freedom Summit convened in Iowa by uh, Mr. Nativists himself, Steve King, uh, the congressman, not the, not the author of the horror movie, horror books, uh, but Steve King, the, um, uh, the congressman, author of famous statements like, uh, for every valedictorian, there's 100 kids with su- calves the size of cantaloupes hauling packages of 75 pounds of marijuana across the, across the desert, um, which, of course, is made up. Um, so um, he uh, he also I don't know if you noticed this uh, he had tweeted last week when Michelle Obama invited a DACA kid uh, one of the Dreamer kids to sit by her in the, in the State of the Union address called her a deportable because you know David it's isn't it easier just to name call people and not address them by their name not address them by the situation but just name call them and classify them as a deportable because that dehumanizing way of speaking some people talk about illegal aliens. Uh, it's dehumanizing to to take a person's humanity from them by classifying them into a category of people that you disdain or you say it with disdain. And that's what he did. I mean, man, it's full of disdain. Um, it shouldn't be in Congress, but he is because people of Iowa apparently love him for some God knows what reason. Uh, so there we had Chris Christie, Ted Cruz, Ben Carson. I think you're kind of a Ben Carson fan. I don't know if you are or not, but I, Ben Carson. Uh, Mike Huckabee. I, I, I respect Ben Carson okay. considerably, and more so than that, his mother. Yes, his mother is quite the woman, wasn't she? Yeah. Uh, Mike Huckabee, Rick Perry. <laughs> I can't say his name without laughing. How could he be a serious candidate? I mean, really. Uh, if, I, if he was the candidate and I was a Democratic candidate, you know what I do all day long? I would play that speech from Vermont. Oh, where he was either high or on drugs of some kind or drunk, one of the three. Um Rick Santorum, how is he a legitimate candidate for anything? And Scott Walker, who, by the way, really knocked it out of the park, I thought, at the Freedom Summit. Um, now, I'm not a huge Scott Walker fan. I think he's got major liability issues. but um, And I've always liked Chris Christie, although he has really entangled himself in this whole Bridgegate, New Jersey politics thing. Uh, but to a person, other than really Scott Walker... They were all basically anti-immigrant. Now, Huckabee tried to walk it both ways, but at the end of the day, and this is really the problem, David, you go to these events and you listen to these events, and all you hear is what we call red meat politics, right? We've got to pay less taxes. The politicians in D.C. don't listen to us. America's going down the drain unless we restore capitalism. We need to destroy Obamacare. But you know what nobody ever talks about, David? Solutions. 
Where is the politician that comes in and says, "Here's what if I was elected president, here's what I would ask Congress to do, the following five things, and here's how my plan works to replace Obamacare and, and get rid of the bad stuff, keep the good stuff, and make it better. Because who doesn't want to make sure people have health care, for goodness sakes? Um, and here's my plan on fixing immigration. Yes, we don't want to reward people who broke the law, but we also recognize the reality of life. We're not going to deport 12 million people. So here's what we're going to do. Where's the plan? Where's the plan? Okay, the tax system is broken. I want the fair tax. Well, really, how's that really going to work? What are you going to do? How are you going to transition it over? Uh, so very few of these folks, none of them I thought at the, at the, at the gathering in uh, in Iowa had any solution. But was even more important was who did not go to that. Jeb Bush, who is really, I know a lot of the um, right-wing Republicans and Tea Partiers think that Jeb, he's the establishment guy, he's the Wall Street guy. Uh, although Jeb is a very conservative guy, if you go back and look at his policies and his, and his talks. Uh, just on a couple things, he's not the most conservative guy in the world because he's not a nativist. And I don't know how you can be a nativist and be married to a Mexican woman for, for 35, 35 years, which is what he is. Uh, Marco Rubio wasn't there. Interesting. Mitt Romney wasn't there. Is Mitt Romney running, David? Let's talk about that in the next next segment here. And Rand Paul wasn't there. That speaks volumes for where those people are in the political spectrum because they clearly see themselves as not having to kowtow to the nativist right and can look more to the middle of road because they know that elections aren't won on the nativist right. Elections are won in the middle. Let's take a break here on the Immigration Hour and America's Way. Si usted tiene problemas con inmigración o asuntos que tiene que arreglar, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Tenemos más de 50 años de experiencia haciendo las leyes de inmigración y defendiendo a los inmigrantes. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611 o al www.immigration.net. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to the next segment here on America's Web Radio. This is the Immigration Hour, where we talk mostly about immigration, but occasionally about gardening. And, of course, we talk about politics, David. Were you stunned to see Mitt Romney decide that he's going to think about getting back in the race? You know, quite frankly, I uh, it didn't surprise me a whole lot. Uh, anybody that says I'm not going to that many times generally does. And uh, I... I uh, I don't know how I feel. Uh, I think Romney, like somebody else pointed out, Britt Hume, I think, pointed out on Fox, uh, and or somebody else did as well, that, uh, you know, something happened that last month. 
he had, he could have blown Obama away with Benghazi. He didn't folk, do it. He didn't do anything. No. He 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 folded his tent. The Democrats are peeing in their pants. Regard, I don't think there was any cover-up in Benghazi. I don't think there's anything like that. But what I do believe is you could have used it against a sitting president. Oh, yeah. Right and before the election. That was his October surprise. Yeah. Um, and I, to, for him to come back, well, I, personally, I can't imagine running for dog catcher myself. But uh, I think you'd be an exceptional back, dog catcher, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'd just shoot him and go on. But... Uh, <laughs> You know, I don't no, know, I, ma'am. The dog just died. Uh, was I surprised? No, but I think it's. Uh, I think he's just there to muddy the water to to a degree. I still don't have. And I'll ask you: Do you have a favorite? I don't. I have. I mean, there's so many guys running at this point. I mean, there's so many guys running. Um, so no, I I don't necessarily have a favorite at this point. Uh, what I do think is that there's a couple of really good people out there running. Um, and there's a couple that aren't running that I think would be pretty good. I I really like John Kasich. I, uh, I've always liked John Kasich. Yeah. You know, um, he, I, I, excuse me, he is one person, and when he ran for governor of Ohio and when he was on Fox, he's the one person I, that I really believe he he said what I'm going to do, and he did it. Yeah, and I, I, I and he's agree. really done an economic miracle. I think uh, in that um, in Ohio, in Ohio. Oh, oh yeah, I think he's done a really good job there. He um, was on yesterday, and he doesn't sound like he's running. I don't think so. Uh, he said, "I love Ohio. I love what we're doing." Yeah, and uh, he just got reelected, right? Yeah. So, um, who's the other? Um, I like Christie. I don't think he's got a chance. I just, I just, I'm from Jersey. I just like the Jersey guy. So, um, I, I don't care for. I know. Uh, I mean, he he, he rubs so many people the wrong way. He's got very little chance of. Uh, I, I liked him until uh, the hurricane. Oh, you look like he hugged Obama. Yeah. yeah uh, you know, I think I think he's probably a hugger. I think he's just yeah. a hugger. I think he's. Just, I'm a hugger. I just a hugger. Uh, his arms uh, aren't long enough. To actually hug anybody, he's a big guy, isn't he? He's a big guy. Uh, you know, it's funny. Somebody said he'd received. He said he'd received something like twenty thousand diet books since he's been in office. <laughs> well, he's and he had, had the, the surgery. surgery. He had he had the surgery. Yeah. Uh, he must be taking it slow with the surgery. So I can figure because uh, well, the surgery um, only works if you want it to work. Well, that's true. I, I've watched the six hundred pound woman show, so I, it, it really does only work if you really want it to work. How do you uh, how do you like? Well, no, let's see. Who was I going to say? I, I'm interested uh, about uh, the governor of Wisconsin. Uh, oh, Scott Walker? Scott, um, why, Scott Walker's like got it? some issues, but... Uh, why, like what? Well, the whole union thing is not good. I mean, it's not good to... Dis- I don't think it's a good destroyer. I think unions have a purpose in, in America, but uh, uh, I'm, not, I'm not a union member. Are you a union member? I don't know. Maybe you're no. part of the broadcasters union. What do I know? Uh, but uh, the... Um, I mean, I think he's done good stuff up there, but he's not beloved. I mean, Kasich won by like 25 points. Walker run by a couple. I think you have to look at, you know, how do people... And Wisconsin can be a swing state. It's a Democratic state, but it can be a swing state. Um, and it's... Do you know what uh, Kasich's uh, view is on immigration? Uh, Kasich is actually like Bromley and... and uh, like I'm sorry, like Bush. He, he was in Congress. He understands, look... 
there's a massive number of people you can't deport. Let's fix the system. Let's secure the border some more, uh, and let's make it happen. But, um, you know, it's I, – I think he'd be fine on it. Uh, I think he – you can't be a president and be, I don't think, completely – uh, rock solid on an issue and say my way or the highway uh, on, on bills that are of national importance that can go both ways. You know, immigration is one of those things which if you fix it, America gets better. If you ignore it, America doesn't get better. It stays the same. Uh, and I, I think the Border Patrol and, and CBP DHS, I think they've done a really good job securing the border. Uh, I think the number of people coming in the country is it only goes up when our economy approves because, again, you don't have a legal way to come. If there are legal ways to come to the U.S., we've talked about 50 million times on this show, people won't come illegally unless they are refugees, which is what's happening right now. Uh, what, what did we, last week we talked about, we caught the lowest number of Mexicans coming across the border since we've been keeping track last year. And for the very first time, the number of people caught were f- less than half were from Mexico for the very first time. Less than 250,000. I mean, it's that's a nothing number. 250,000, a country of 300 million people, it's a nothing number. You know, 0.01%. Oh, right. But the others are coming in because many of them, well, let's see, some of them, particularly the children and the women from Central America, they are literally refugees. They are not coming here for economic freedom. They're coming here because they are literally afraid of what's going on in their countries. Uh, and there's a little bit of that in Mex- for Mexico, but not not a lot. But there's a little bit of that in Mexico for sure. I, I, um, I think the public's concern about the border has changed to a degree. At least I hope it has. Uh, I know mine has. I, I'm personally not as concerned about Mexicans coming across the Rio Grande or coming across the border as I am the people that disguise themselves as Mexicans coming across What we call, the in the business, OTMs. Yes. Other than Mexicans. Yes. Uh, which there are a majority and, of now. And, and when I say that, I'll pick a... I'll, Muslims, you know, I am very concerned about the number of potential terrorists, I should say, not Muslims. Yeah, except, potential you know, terrorists. here's the thing. We, we can be concerned about a lot. I'm concerned the moon's going to fall into the ocean tomorrow and we're going to die. But not I wouldn't worry about the moon, but the sun doing the that. The sun can do the be, same thing. I'm concerned about him solar flare. Nothing I can do about that. Uh, have we literally caught any terrorists coming across the border? I no, don't know. Not, not to, we haven't. Not across the southern border. Northern border we have, but not the southern border. Um, and I don't know that you can say that for a fact. I, I'm I can sure. say it for a fact. Don't you think that if they caught somebody who was a terrorist, that it wouldn't be on the front page of Fox News for 17 weeks? I absolutely, absolutely believe that that would be on the front page of Fox News for 17 weeks. No, I, I, That'd be all they talk about for weeks. But here's the reality. Just because something might happen doesn't mean it will happen. And yes, we absolutely need to take safeguards. But you cannot, you cannot stop the flow completely if you have no system in place that's an outlet for people who want to come legitimately but cannot. It's Dams are a dam, all right? Let's say dam like let's say Lake Powell, okay? Lake, is it just a wall or are there floodgates that allow extra water to go through when it's too much water? Of course there's floodgates. We don't have any floodgates. 
to to keep the dam's pressure constant because our it's, the floodgates are our legal immigration system, and the legal immigration system doesn't work. It doesn't let people come in and do the jobs that we don't have Americans doing. Yeah. Oh, but Americans should do all these lazy people on welfare. You know, we abolished slavery in America, uh, and that's really a problem with the welfare system, not with the immigration system. Yes, should we revise our, 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 our system for unemployment? Should we provide five years of unemployment insurance? I don't think so. Should we apply five years of, of uh, benefits for, for, for WIC and stuff? I don't think so. But at the same time, we need to have a system that allows people to get them off those programs faster. And you can't get people off those programs faster, David, by shrinking the way they get off the program. And you can't stop legal illegal immigration by not fixing illegal immigration. Now, David, I, I promised we were going to talk about Senator McCall's bill. Uh, this is H.R. 399. Uh, and I don't think there's any significance to that number other than it was the 399th bill introduced this session. And here's what it's called. Uh, the Secure Our Borders First Act of 2015. Now, David, who wouldn't vote for that? You'd vote for that, wouldn't you? Can you imagine voting against that and having the ads run? David Moxley hates America. He favors an invasion by by the Muslim hordes from the world who are going to destroy us and the Chinese are coming because he does not want to secure our borders first. Who would vote against that bill, David? Who would vote against that bill? Oh, I, I, Lots of people. Including Republicans are going to vote against that bill because they don't think it's strong enough. Now, David, uh, how long do you think every bill should be in Congress? What should, how long should a bill be? When you say a bill, so you want to choose a bill? The paperwork on yeah, a bill? yeah, the, the bill written on a piece of paper. How long should it be? I think the uh, shorter the better. Okay. Shouldn't be twenty four hundred pages. Or right. you, you and I agree pages. on that, right? Shouldn't be a thousand pages. In fact. If it's a good bill, somebody said this once, uh, that or something similar to it. The shorter the bill, the better it is. And I agree. It it shouldn't take explanation and and a bunch of attorneys throwing. Pardon me, I'm saying. No, no, you can insult attorneys. It's okay. I do it all the time. Um, uh, throwing in a bunch of stuff that is probably irrelevant to that okay. bill. Okay. Well, how about seventy-two pages? Is that too long? Double spaced and. You yeah, the double spaced. Right? Absolutely, they're double spaced. If uh, it has, if it has good content, no. That, okay. That's well, let's number. see. We got here in this bill. We have uh, section one, which is the title. So that's pretty short. Although even that's a page long. <laughs> title, title is one the page long. Um, section two, which is a report on the current border status. So the Homeland Security Secretary shall submit to the appropriate congressional committees, of which I don't know how many there are. Um, uh, a report on the state of situational awareness and operational control on the borders. Well, first of all, why do you need a bill to do that? Why don't you just send a letter? Mr. J. Johnson, I would like by uh, March 1 this report for my committee. You're testifying that day. What do you need a bill for do that for? Okay, shall include identification of the high traffic areas and the unlawful border crossing effectiveness rate Think about it. the unlawful boarding crossing unf- effectiveness rate. Does that mean how effective you are at unlawfully crossing the border? <laughs> I love syntax. I do love syntax. Um, it's due during every every six months. You have to give this bill. Geo report. Okay, operational control of the border. Okay, here it is, David. This is the key part of the bill. 
And I think the bill should end there. But Secretary of Homeland Security shall, as if God himself is mandating this, gain and maintain situational awareness. Now, David, you were in the military for a short period of time, weren't you? Mm-hmm. Okay. What does situational awareness mean? Letting a drone come into the White House yard. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Did you see that? I did see that. I was going to mention it later in the show. So situational awareness has to be maintained, gain and maintain. And whatever situational awareness is, because it doesn't appear to be defined here, and operational control of high traffic areas by the date that is not later than two years after the date of the enactment of this act and operational control and situational awareness on the southern border by the date that is not later than five years after the date of the trade. Wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. I thought this was a border control bill. And now you're saying we don't have to do anything for five years? Gosh, I love this stuff. Hypocrisy at the highest. <laughs> we'll come back and talk more about the border control bill on the Immigration Hour, uh, immigration hour on America's Web Radio. Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano o tiene problemas con inmigración o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Con más de 100 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración, conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611 o visítenos al www.immigration.net. Hi, I'm Ray Bowman, hoping you'll join us each Friday at noon for our new show, Food and Farm, brought to you by FeedstuffsFoodLink.com, only on America's Web Radio. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. David, I'm not going to be here next week. I'm going to Hawaii. Oh. I'm going to Hawaii. You were just there, I know. Yeah, well, we're going back in... Uh, when you head back? Middle of February or so? Uh, first of March. First of March. Uh, I will warm up the state for you. Okay. It, uh, it's already... I, I'm going because of my son's uh, being promoted. And uh, I, uh, I told him, I, as a father, you can still give orders. Absolutely. And I told him to uh, calm the wind. <laughs> and he informed us last night that the wind was picking up. <laughs> and not much you can do about the wind. His control over it. Uh, now, where does he live over there? Does he live in Kaneo Bay or uh, in Honolulu? Honolulu? He lives in Honolulu. Honolulu. Um, well, where, where, are be, where are you all going? Is he on base right there at uh, Pearl no, Harbor? No, he's not. He doesn't live on base, but uh, he's at Hickam, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, as you know, I love Hawaii. And uh, well, I'm speaking at a conference on Friday in Maui. Ah. Uh, and uh, then we'll be going to Kauai for uh, a few days. Then my wife has a conference the following weekend in Aww. Maui. And in the meantime, we're going to go. We're going to spend a day in Oahu just to see some friends over in Oahu. But uh, so no show next week. I apologize to all our listeners. You can just listen to repeat of this show again because it's so darn good. Um, <laughs> and then we'll be back uh, the following week. Is uh, maybe you can play a best of with our friend Alex Narashse again from sure. the Cato Institute. That was a great show. We need to get him back on the show now that we have some of these bills here. Uh, so, David, uh, we were talking about this bill. So 
they don't have to control. So they can they have to control the high security areas, high traffic areas in two years. But the rest of the border, they got five years. So as we noted offline, David, if you can't get through the high traffic areas, what are you going to do? Go to the other areas. So they got five years of time. Uh, so they got a report they have to get in, blah, blah, blah. Operational control, blah, blah. The Secretary of Homeland Security, acting through the appropriate component of Homeland Security, shall deploy to each sector or region, as the case may be, in a prioritized risk-based manner to achieve situational awareness, the following capabilities. David, you're going to love this. For San Diego sector, they, they literally go sector by sector. Subterranean surveillance and detection technologies. Deployable lighter-than-air surface surveillance air equipment, much like the drone that breached the security of the White House this week. Unmanned aerial vehicles with maritime surveillance capability. Maritime patrol aircraft. Coastal radar surveillance systems. Maritime signals intelligence capabilities. Oh, I'm still going. Ultralight aircraft. So, can you do the works right in the, in the glider? Yeah, Bob, we got uh, a bunch of people coming across at Sector 213 at Grid 5. Uh, deploy people now. And advanced advanced unattended surveillance sensors. I assume the sensors do notify somebody at some place that is attended at, at some point. Uh, at El Centro, it gets better. El Centro is like the next sector. In the, I guess they're going across the sectors. Tower-based surveillance technology. Beep, 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 <laughs> beep. Deployable, blah, blah, blah. Man, man portable, unmanned aerial vehicles. I had one of those when I was a kid. Did you have one of those? Those glider with the little battery in the front? And the, the, did you have one of those? Not with the battery. Radio controlled no. aircraft? Yeah, I, I had yeah. one of those as a kid. Um, Yuma Sector, tower based. Oh, we get better. Mobile, vehicle mounted, and man portable surveillance systems. This is, this is probably all free. Uh, lighter. Deployable lighter-than-air ground surveillance equipment. Um, Tucson sector. Oh, every time... Well, you're getting more. Increased flight area air hours for aerial detection, interdiction, and monitoring operations capability. Uh, El Paso sector. Oh, they just got more of the same. I noticed there's no tanks on this, which is a little dis- <laughs> disappointing. Big Bend. Were you near Big Bend in Texas? Where were you in Texas? I left in 73, so... Okay, well, what part of Texas were on the? Were you near the border oh, the, at all? Or? No, the Panhandle. Yeah, Panhandle is where you were. Okay, uh, the Del Rio. Oh, increased monitoring for cross river dams, culverts, and footpaths. Improved communications capabilities. Improved maritime capabilities in the Amistad re- re- Recreation Area. Is that some sort of like cross national lake or something down there? Uh, the Laredo sector, maritime detection, Rio Grande. They've got uh, more flight hours. Uh, the Eastern Pacific Maritime Region. Maine, perhaps? Increased cutter and boat hours because the floods of people coming in from Canada must be stopped. Or maybe, I, I don't know where that is. Increased maritime. Uh, the Caribbean and Gulf Maritime Region, more cutter and boat time. Maritime domain awareness. Okay, fencing. Okay, so okay, so that's what they got to do. They have to deploy this stuff. Fencing, not later. This is another pending bill, right? Not later than eighteen months after the date of the enactment. DHS shall construct at a minimum each of the following: seven miles of double layer fencing in the border patrol sector. I thought was board fenced already. 
10 miles of double-layer pedestrian fencing in Tucson, 10 miles of double-layer pedestrian in Rio Grande Valley, fence repair and replacement, DHS Shell, 31 more miles in San Diego, 5 miles in El Centro, 3 miles in Yuma, 25 miles in Tucson, 2 miles in El Paso. Road construction, I'm going to build some roads here. I got about 200 miles of roads they're going to pave. Uh, maintain some roads. New vehicle fences. Six miles of vehicle fencing in Big Bend. Uh, replace the boat ramps. Oh, putting boat ramps in. Uh, there should be a minimum eight boat ramps in, in the Del Rio sector. Does that make it easier to get out or easier to get in? That's a quick question. Access gates. 34 access gates. That's a good question. Uh, so, Oh, David, we're getting to... Uh, forward operating bases. Um, wow, this is like an FOB. Isn't that pretty militaristic? Forward operating bases. More roads. Uh, uh, what else we got here? Um, and what's interesting here, David, is I don't see any money. Surely there's money involved here, don't you think? There's got to be money about something. Oh, Implementation. Yes. Do you really think this guy wrote that? No, I know who wrote this bill. This bill was written by the Federation for American Immigration Reform and by the defense contractors and the road builders and the fence builders who are going to build all this crap. Who do you think wrote this bill? I think that, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that those people weren't involved in it that you just mentioned, but my guess, as with most bills, if not all bills today, that uh, you had some 20-year-olds that really don't know what they're talking about. Oh, yeah. About. I mean, you got the kids that are out of college that are the interns, yeah. That are writing this stuff, and the representative might or might not have read over it. Probably didn't. Pelosi wouldn't. She just says, you know. Well, I'm going to guess you know. that McCall knows what's in his bill, but that none of the people who signed on to it do. Uh, oh, David, my best part. The establishment of a Border Security Verification Commission. Perhaps you can get on this job. This would be a great job to get to get uh, appointed to. Let's see uh, who shall be composed of the head of a national laboratory within DHS laboratory network with prior experience in border security appointed by the president, the head of a border security university-based center, uh, three individuals appointed by the president on recommendation of a special congressional commission on border security, um, okay, and there's a special congressional commission on border security. Um, wow, uh, this is this seems like uh, you can't hire current federal employees or members of Congress. Got to have a security clearance. Uh, got public hearings, witness testimony, blah 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 blah. Uh, deployment of certain aviation assets to the border. U.S. Customs Border Agent authorization. Oh. The Border Patrol should maintain an active duty presence of not, related, not fewer than 21,000 agents, um, uh, full-time agents, and that's kind of weird. The Border Patrol should, the Office of Field Operations of U.S. Customs Border Protection should have 23,000 agents. Is that 40,000? It's a little unclear. Uh, Office of Marine, Border Patrol flexibility, incentive bonuses, prohibitions on actions that impede border security, which means I don't care if you like those eagles, those, those bald eagles, we're going to build a damn fence anyway. Um, we've got, uh, oh, the biometric exit and data system. This is another big one. Not later than 180 days after the date of enactment, the DHS shall submit a plan to implement a biometric exit system to the to our system. 
Okay, so that means everybody who comes and goes, can you imagine the lines at the border, David? Now, you've been to the border many times in your life, I imagine. A few times. All right, and you line up. How long does it take you to get through and to get back? I mean, it's not, you know, you're not zipping through at highway speeds, right? You're stopped. I, I've been through myself through the Canadian border a number of times, the Mexican border several times. Uh, and it's usually an hour, two hours long late. And that's where they, okay, that's you, thank you, go. Imagine if you're taking biometrics from everybody. That would take a while. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is monumentally. I mean, it's just not based in the reality in which we live in this country. Um, well, uh, you know, the answer to that is don't build a fence; just build all the entry points where people drive through, and that'll take care of the fence. Is that all it is? Right? Sure. That's it's just that it simple. Is. And we could we could send them our old four hundred buildings. Oh. Because this is a military bill, David, there should be established within the DHS a program to be known as Operation Stone Garden. Can you imagine a bunch of interns sitting around? Hey, Bob, I got an idea. Let's let's you know you you want to be in the military? Yeah, I don't want to die, so I want to go in the military. Okay, so let's 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 create something. We should call Operation something. Operation something. Stone Garden. Oh, that sounds like something out of a Born Legacy box. Okay, let's Stone Garden. Uh, so, Operation Stone Garden shall make grants to eligible law enforcement agencies to enhance border security. So, basically, they're going to pay the states to, I don't know, be on the border. Sale or donation of excess personal property for border secure activities. This is, of course, when they seize your stuff, they're going to sell it, right? Reimbursement of states for the national security. Okay, here's where it gets good, David. How much do you think it costs the state of Texas to send the National Guard down to the border? A year. A year? If I recall right, there was a figure floating around that it was costing Texas something like $12 million a month. $12 million I, a I, month. So, I don't know that that's correct. I think, that's, I think that number is relatively accurate. I think, so this uh, bill so says... $144 million a year. DA, Department of Defense shall reimburse the states for the cost of deployment of any international guard along the southern border limit. The total amount of reimbursement for any fiscal year may not exceed $35 million. Hmm. If it's costed $12 million just in Texas a month, that's three months of stuff, and then they're done. This is what you get, David, when you are so adverse to having taxes pay for things that you literally will, in, in your own opinion, endanger national security because aren't we endangering national security by not having the National Guard there? So we're endangering national security because we're too cheap to pay for it? Um, now, there is a funding mechanism. Do you think, how much does this all cost, David? Do you know how much this costs? Yeah. <laughs> no idea. Well, let's let's look at the funding part of the bill. Here's the, This is the entire funding part of the bill. This is it, David. There is authorized to be appropriated for each of the fiscal years 2016 through 2025, $1 billion dollars to carry out this act and the amendments made by this act. That's a lot of stuff they talked about here, wasn't it? I mean, all the miles of road and, and all that stuff. One billion dollars. Never happened. One, it's not going to happen. And two, it's not nearly enough. Uh, so, I would have to agree with Jeff Sessions, but for different reasons, that this bill is a joke. It's a joke. It doesn't deal with reality as we know it on the ground. It does not make the border more secure. Uh, and there's no way to pay for it, given the GOP mindset on not increasing taxes to pay for national security. Let's take a break here in America's Way Radio for our final segment on the Immigration Hour.
Soy Charles Cook, el jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración, conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el internet. www.immigration.net. This is Tracy Pearson with Prissy Tomboy. Listen to the Prissy Tomboy radio show every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time as I interview special guests that will inspire adventure and fitness for females. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national. Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to the final segment today. Dave, Dave you know, it's amazing how fast I get built up on this stuff. <laughs> When I read uh, of the um, of the real, I mean, uh, this fake—I guess it's the fake idea that they're going to fix immigration by securing the border first. That's not going to secure the border for five years, and you anticipate we're not going to do anything for five years? Uh, it's a joke. It's just an absolute joke that nobody in Congress is willing to say on the Republican side. Out loud and bang the drum. Now I know Diaz Balart was on this thing over and over again from Florida, but you know the reality is you have to have a non-Latino, non-minority white guy or white gal say, "You people are crazy. Let's fix this bill our way. Let's pass change. Let's take credit for it. Let's make this happen. Let's make businesses happy. Let's make people happy. Let's make immigrants happy, and let's make America better." How hard is that? Nobody's going to lose an election over this at all. At all. So when I run for Congress, David, maybe, maybe next year, we'll see. Uh, always this, next year. It's always next year. But, you know, maybe I can next year. Maybe I can. Although Tom Price is getting more and more powerful, you know. He's now way up in leadership and uh, chairing lots of stuff. But uh, you know, they, uh, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Is that appropriations or... Uh, He's the head of the appropriations yeah. committee, yes. And it was his... You know, actually, this is a great way to go after him. It was his idea to do the funding bill the way they did with the DHS only funded through February 27th. This was his idea. It's going to turn out to be a massively bad idea. Massively bad idea. Because their idea was, oh, we're going to force Obama to undo DAPA. <laughs> really? Did you watch his State of the Union address? He's not going to do it, Dapa. That's not going to happen. And the courts aren't going to stop it. And Congress, you can't stop it. And can you imagine the headline? Put this on my Facebook page. Congress opens border and unsecures the border over fight with Obama. That's the headline that I'm that, that's out there the very first day. So, so Tom Price's idea is to unfund the border and undo border security. That's his idea. Rather than say, you know what, Mr. President, we don't like what you did. We don't like how you did it. What we're going to do, we're going to overturn it because we're going to pass legislation that will, you will have to sign because it's going to be so good for people. You're going to have to sign it. Um, but no, that, they can't do that. They can't do that because that makes sense. A lot of these politicians, David, they stay in office by doing nothing. 
If you just keep me two more years, here's what I'm going to I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to make sure this doesn't happen. That's not leadership by any stretch of the imagination. Not leadership in any way whatsoever. Leadership is saying, I will make the tough call. I will do the hard thing. And you might not like it. I might not even like it. But being elected means you're elected to govern, not to speak publicly against everybody else and every position doesn't agree with you. Because guess what? We have 320 million people in America, and we have 320 million different opinions about how the government should work. Uh, And because of that, we're all going to have to compromise in some way because we all live in the same country. And no, we're not going to, nobody's going to secede. We're not going to have separate countries for right-wing people, left-wing people. We have one country because we do have shared values and we can work around those shared values. That's what we need to move forward on. That's what we need to make politicians do. Uh, but until we make politicians do that, it's simply not, not, not going to happen. Um, now, uh, David, is, do you have any favorite candidates coming up here? Anybody that kind of interests you a little bit now that Herman Cain's not going to run? Anybody? No. Nobody's really tweaking your interest. Not a Rand Paul kind of kind of guy. I, you know, I'm looking for someone that is a leader, and is a proven leader. And no, I, I and that's why I think it has John, to come from a governor. You know, John uh, Kasich. Kasich. Uh, you know, I I like him. He, he's, but I don't think he's going to run. So um, you scratch that horse out of the race. Uh, I think it's it's got to be a guy who is a governor or was a governor. Senators, I think, make terrible presidents. Well, I do. I I think they make even worse presidential candidates if they've been there more than one term. I agree. I agree. If if they've been there two terms, then they're not presidential material. They're a a permanent fixture. I agree. And that's all they want to be. I agree. So uh, we need a we need a and congressmen make terrible presidents because they don't know how to run anything. Yeah, they don't have congressmen. All they can do they they literally is no leadership. It comes out of Congress, out of the House of Representatives. Uh, so it's got to be a governor. Now we've got some governors running. Bobby Jindal. Bobby's got big problems uh, besides the fact he's from Louisiana, the most corrupt state in the country. Um, so I got I'm, not, I'm hinging nothing on him. Jeb, he his problem is he's a Bush. Uh, if his last name was Smith. I think he'd be the leading. I mean, he'd be he'd be out there in the polls, number one. Bush is what kills him. Uh, although he is clearly not like his brother. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. He is not his brother. Um, uh, I think he's a lot more like his dad in many ways uh, uh, than his brother. Uh, you've got uh, Christie, who now carries massive amounts of baggage. Uh, whether it's Obama baggage, whether it's Sandy baggage, whether it's uh, Gate baggage, whatever it happens to be. So you've got a Kasich, you've got a Walker. Um, I like uh, 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 the governor, Susan Martinez, from, from New Mexico, although there's issues out there in that state. And, and you know, it's just probably sh- good vice president. I think I could vote for her for vice president. Uh, but for president, probably not. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised that she is the vice president. Uh, the GOP's got to do something innovative this election. Uh, and... Um, uh, who else is out there? Uh, clearly, you know, Nathan's not running for anything after this, that's for sure. Uh, the, the clown in Florida is not running for president, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, over in South Carolina. So, really, who do you have other than that? Uh, limited view. Now that Portman took his name out. Portman was a senator, but he took his name out of it. So, the choices are limited for a lot of the GOP, unless some dark, dark horse comes out of somewhere. I don't think Romney's that dark horse. 
unless he wants to be idolized Stevenson uh, and lose three times <laughs> You're in a row. You're not old enough to remember that, are you? I oh, am. Yeah. Well, I don't remember him. I mean, I'm a history major, so I trust me, I remember lots of yeah. things. Oh, I remember uh, the, the Adelaide running. Running, uh, running against Eisenhower. Yeah. He didn't stand a snowball chance. No, not a chance. You might as well pick up, put up Mickey Mouse yeah. against Eisenhower. Um, man, what, what I would give for a general to run, you know, somebody, oh. you know, somebody with real leadership capability, like Petraeus. Oh, that's right, right. Sorry. <laughs> oh, forgot about the affair. Bummer. I forgot about the criminal conviction that's coming his way. Um, also, um, you know, there's got to be somebody out there that could, that could do this in, a, in an effective, good way. Uh, but again, it got to, come from, uh, to me, it's, it's got to be a governor. It's got to be a governor. That's where I'm focusing my efforts as we move forward, as, as far as getting people out there. But David, there is. Um, uh, you, you've heard about this lawsuit in Texas, um, where the 24—I don't know, maybe 26 states now have joined this lawsuit. All Republican. Bad. I thought it was 30 something. No, well, 26 states are for it, and then 20 states are, are have filed a brief in opposition to it in support of the Obama plan. Uh, and now uh, a bunch of mayors, including our own Mayor Reed, and shout out to Kasim Reed, who, who he's—I will tell you. You, whether you're good at politics or not, he is a leader. I have sat in a room with that guy. I've met. I've talked to him one on one. The man knows how to lead. He really does know how to lead. Uh, you might not agree with his politics, but it doesn't mean he's not a good leader. Uh, and I really think he's a very good leader. Uh, so uh, I think it's going to be 35, 33 mayors, including Mayor Reed, are uh, submitting an amicus brief in support of this bi- support of the president's actions, uh, and I think that's absolutely wonderful that they're doing that. And shout out to Kasim Reed for doing so. Uh, even if this judge, and here's what I think is going to happen: the judge set the final briefing deadline for additional briefs as February fifteenth. He's not going to rule before February fifteenth, which means the first part of the president's bill is going to go into effect, uh, and he's probably not going to rule for another few weeks after that. If he decides somehow that Obama does not have the legal authority to do what he did, which he, I know he does, I mean that's um, it will be. And he puts an injunction in place. There is an immediate appeal to the Fifth Circuit, which will immediately lift the injunction, and then hear argument on the case to allow it to go forward. Uh, so I'm not worried about this bill going about the, the, the president's actions being stopped. Uh, but here is the reality: when you continue to do nothing as apparently these governors want to have happen. Nothing. Uh, because Obama's not going to sign a bill that's only border security. He's not. And he's not going to sign a bill that's only anti-immigrant. He's just not. So what you're saying, we would rather have an amnesty for the next two years because doing nothing is amnesty. Okay, That's a free ride for everybody. Um, then actually have a plan in place. Rather than build on something. They would rather have something in place. Oh, by the way, I forgot about Rick Perry because I think he's a joke. I, I don't put him on a. I don't put him on a list of serious presidential contenders. Um, uh, so here we have a situation where you've got twenty governors saying, "Put it into place. It's going to be a good thing for us. It's going to be a good thing, and it's legal." Thirty-three mayors, which they're the ones that actually have people living in their city. That's where most immigrants live in cities. Um, Pass this bill. Keep this. Keep this executive action going. Don't stop it. Uh, I think at the end of the day, the judge will ultimately say, you know, it's a close call, but I I believe the president has the authority to do this. Um, I don't like what he did. I don't like how he bypassed Congress. But at the end of the day, Congress gave him authority to do this, and he's simply using it. He's using it in a far broader way that's never been used before. 
but he's using it. Um, maybe I'll be surprised by the judge. Maybe he'll say, no, this is a terrible thing. It's a horrible thing. It's all going to be over. One last thing, David, I wanted to mention real quick. I know we've got like one minute left here in the show. Uh, is my prediction for the next election in 2016. Whoever the Democratic candidate is, whoever it is, will win. Will win. And they will win unless the GOP passes immigration reform. If the GOP passes some reform of some kind to not only cover the border, which they can do piecemeal, that's fine, but also at the same time to fix their legal immigration system and to deal with the undocumented, they do that before Election Day 2016, the GOP can win. They can win. When you say pass bill, is that... A bill that your president signs, or is it a bill that they pass? It's a bill they pass. If it's if it's got everything in it, and Obama Obama doesn't sign it, they still win. They still win, but it's got to be a good bill. It's got to be a bill that lets you you have activists saying, "President, sign this bill," or some activists saying, "Sign this bill," and some pro immigration company, U.S. Chamber, sign this bill, and he doesn't sign it, then the GOP wins. So, David, it's been a great show here on America's Liberty Radio. We'll be back with another show live uh, or on tape or on PodBest uh, in two weeks. But until then, have a great trip. David, I will enjoy thinking about not doing the show next week in Hawaii. <laughs> not being here, huh? Thanks for listening to America's Web Radio, the Immigration Hour on uh, America's Web Radio. And I'm your host, Charles Cook. Until next week. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.